Welcome, awesome listeners, to the New Nudist Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Klein. This is the podcast for people curious about the nudism and naturism way of life. If you've been thinking about trying out nudism, if it's been a bucket list thing for you, then this is the podcast designed to give you what you need to know in order to try it out. If you're already a nudist, this show is for you too, and we hope you learn more about the movement and get more out of your nudist practice. Well, hey there, nudies. It is early May 2023, and I hope you all are getting out there and enjoying some outdoor time with social nudity and naturism. In today's show, we hear from Scott, one of the leaders of Carolina Young Naturist Association. They are an inspiring group of young naturists and nudists and making social nudity more inclusive in the Carolinas and beyond. Then, Evan and I talk about a post that recently appeared on his newsletter, Planet Nude, about social media and nudism, and other topics he's covered lately. These topics are ones that we should all, as people who are concerned about nudism and naturism, pay more attention to. All of this is coming up next in episode 29 of the New Nudist Podcast. Stick around. I have been so impressed with our next guest and his organization. Scott is one of the leaders of the Carolina Young Naturist Association, a non-landed club based in Charlotte, North Carolina, but serving a wider area than that. They started pre-COVID and made it through the pandemic to thrive in the post-lockdown times. Personally, I think groups like this is how naturism and nudism will grow in the future. But I'll let you decide for yourself. Now let's hear my interview with Scott from Carolina Young Naturist Association. Hey, Scott, thanks for joining us on the New Nudist Podcast today. Yeah, no problem. I'm very happy to be here and glad to share, you know, some information about CYNA. So let, let's start with, um, with, with uh, the why. Why, uh, how did, tell us, tell us about how Carolina Young Naturists, Young Naturists, right? Young Naturists, mm-hmm. or, okay, Association got started um, and why? Why, why did you why did you all want to start this as opposed to maybe joining something else? Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a great question. Um, so uh, the reason why this group was started, it was actually started right before the pandemic. So in 2019, um, by one of our founding uh, members, uh, he started off the group very simply as a Facebook group, just as people who may be interested in the group. He sent the invite to a bunch of his friends and it really took off from there. Um, as soon as he did that, uh, within six months, uh, they were planning the first ever uh, game night or dinner party. Um, it was based in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's originally our group's name is Charlotte Young uh, Naturist Association. Got so, it. So yeah, so we that's that's where the CYNA came from. And is this uh, a was it a was it a in person um, dinner night or as so, as you- yeah, where was, was this pandemic-wise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they had hosted like some meet and greets digitally online first. They were using Facebook Messenger to you know host the video chat there first, um, and then they all deemed themselves you know relatively COVID-free, and then they saw each other in 2020, late 2020, uh, late summer 2020, really. Um, 
And so that's kind of really how it got all started. Where we really picked up steam, though, it was in 2021 when we had two uh, new members join who are very events-focused. They love hosting. They love putting together everything. And that's when our membership, you know, picked up from a, you know, a little under 100 to now well over 300. It was because these events and how quickly they were producing them, advertising them, and everything like that. Um, and so these two other members that I'm not going to mention their real names, um, they really helped us take off. And they have continued to support new members, um, create new events, new groups, and host new uh, other nudist or naturalist events. I want to make sure that I get this right. You have 300 plus members. Uh, yes, technically we do. That's incredible. That 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 rivals, you know, boy, just about any other non-landed club I I've I know. But um, wow, that is fantastic. So in a relatively short period of time, you were able to grow that membership. What, what do you um? Do you think that this was the first naturist experience? Uh, for a lot of these folks, it very much is. Every time we have an event, that is that is the first thing we always hear. They're like, "This is my first time," um, or we went, we saw you advertising your nude yoga. I've never been able to make one of those, but I was able to make this one event that you have on the weekend, and they're like. I'm so excited to be here. Um, and we always get amazing feedback when these people come to these first events. And it's it's because we don't we don't really try to force any norms onto people. If they wanna if they feel more comfortable being clothed at first and then nude, or if they feel okay, you know, just taking their shirt off. Um, we're very okay with that. We incorporate them into the group. We have purposeful activities at the beginning of every event to include people into the group. So wow. it's not, yeah, it's not us just saying, you know, come over here, do the thing we're doing. It's let us get to know everyone first, and then let's try to do a group activity. So what does that look like if I'm if I'm kind of joining the joining an, a CNY CYNA event for the first time? What would that look like? Yeah, so I'll do one of our game nights. Um, so we typically have a game night. Sometimes it's bring your, you know, you can. It's a potluck, so you bring whatever food you want. Uh, sometimes we have the hosts; they are able to, you know, either cook a lot of food or bring a lot of food. Um, and so that's one of the first things that you see when you're coming into one of our game nights is a bunch of food, <laughs> um, because everyone's either brought something or we've brought all the food to you. Um, you're greeted by one of our event hosts. Um, they're usually naked, and so that's kind of your first shock um, is that you see someone naked for the first time. Um, but they're not you know, standing far away from you so that you can look at their body. The first thing that they're going to do is ask you, here, do you want to put your stuff down? They'll give you a hug. They'll give you a handshake, whatever you're comfortable with. Um, and so it's very personal and it's very similar to how you would greet any new person. It's not, you know, me trying to ogle someone or me, you know, very much looking at someone's naughty bits. Mm -hmm. It's <laughs> it's really just trying to introduce yourself as a much more holistic person than you would, I guess, if you had clothes on. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and and so how many people would be in a typical game night? Just so, you know. so we're all, we're all pretty busy people. Um, I think some of our, some of our tip, like our typical game night attendance, we average around, I would say eight to maybe yeah. 15 people. Um, that's usually the, it's the size of the house. Yeah. That's the restriction. Sure. So if we had like a big arcade and a warehouse and things, we could increase the limit, you know, far beyond that. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's typically what we see on game nights. But uh, 
yeah, we, we do a, uh, you know, get to know one another event at the very beginning. We talk about what got us into naturism, uh, what has led us to come to this first event for the first time, or if this is like our second event, so on and so forth. Um, and then we share a little bit more personal details of like, why do you think it's interesting? Is this for self-love? you know, loving your body? Um, is this for self-exploration, ex- self other things like that? And so we really try to make people feel seen for the reason why they're coming to this event. Um, and then we take a vote on what the first game is, and then we get at it. Um, as one of the event leaders, I always try to make sure that um, there's room for someone. So if there's a game that has a limit of people, I always make sure that um, they get to play before I get to play, because I don't want them to feel left out of the group from the very beginning. If anything, I at least want us to take turns, um, and I've been to hundreds of those game nights, and so it's okay for me to, you know, sacrifice my spot so that they can play. <laughs> um, I, wow. Uh, why do? Let's let's. Uh, I'd like to hear a little bit about your. Uh, nudist journey. So, uh, were you a nudist before this started? Were you? Was this your entry into nudism and naturism? So, I was. I was very much say I was a nudist uh, early on. Um, I remember particularly around thirteen. Um, I grew up in the middle of the woods. Um, I my house was in a field. We were miles away from the nearest Walmart. If that like. We were at least 30 minutes away from a Walmart, if that gives okay. you any context for how far away we were from everything. Yeah. Um, but I grew up in the middle of the woods, and I would often just go in the woods and explore, um, You know, sit in the creek as a child and just sit there and watch and enjoy nature. I very much loved doing that. Um, and so when I uh, got into my teenage years, I thought it would be really fun to do it naked. Um, and so I just started running around the woods naked. And since no one lived around us, we had 93 acres to ourselves. Um, yeah, I know (laughs) we had 93 acres to ourselves. I got to explore without the fear of someone finding me and my, uh, parental unit was always at work. Um, so I got to really have a lot of fun by myself. Wow. Uh, so, and and did that continue on in, in, as you got older and did you do other nudist or naturist things socially or was this kind of a just a solo personal thing for you at the very beginning it was very much a solo personal thing i'd done it very much for body acceptance i've been over six foot tall since fifth grade and so i've just been a bigger body person for a long time um and so i had a lot of self-confidence issues and i after experiencing uh, being naked in the woods when I was younger, I learned that I just felt much more freer and I was more accepting of my body and its limits, but also its abilities. And so um, that's really how it first started out. Uh, one of my first like social nude experiences was actually spring break, my sophomore year of college. I went to Florida to see one of my friends. And on one of the days that she had class, I decided to go to a nude beach. I went to, uh, oh, it starts with a P, Playa Linda. Okay. I went to Playa Linda for my first ever nude beach, and I loved it. I stayed there for nine hours, and it felt like I was only there for 30 minutes. How So when you first took your bathing suit off there, how, how long did it take you to feel kind of comfortable in a socially nude experience? 
it didn't take long at all. I so when I said I was there for nine hours, I got there as soon as that the access was open. <laughs> so I, I pulled up there because I was very nervous about seeing other naked people. I've I'd never done it in a social setting before. Um, so I got there as soon as they opened. There was one other person on the beach. He was already walking around naked. He was fishing, and so I was like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. I'm gonna you know go about twenty yards over and do my own thing. Um, and so I sat there, started tanning, and slowly, as it got near lunchtime, more and more people started filling in. And a couple, it was an older couple, they were for sure retirees, they came over and just started talking to me, and they were just so much, they were so full of joy and life and everything, and they were so sweet, um, just talking about how often they come here, about their body acceptance journey and how nudism played into that. And it just really set a great tone for me in terms of experiencing social nudism. So it was a, it was a very positive experience for you. And, and, you know, that's, yeah, I I get it. That was sort of my first nude experience as well was on a nude beach. So, you know, social nudity experience. And um, yeah, it's, it's hard to, it's kind of, it sucks you in. Yeah, Um, it does. uh, Did you do anything else after that? So after, you know, I had that little exploration in college, I became very serious about my career. And so with that mindset, it was really hard for me to explore much of that self. But as everyone in this world got the opportunity to, the pandemic came and either all of us, you know, either some of us got laid off or our jobs dramatically changed. I was one of the ones that got laid off. And so I got a lot of free time on my hands. Um, And so I started searching for... Uh, nudist resources locally in North Carolina. Yep. Um, and I happened upon our Facebook group. Um, and so I joined the Facebook group. Um, I started following and getting more and more interested in going to, you know, some of the game nights and some of the field days that they were hosting, things of that manner. And that's really where I took off with uh, CYNA. I went to a field day in 2021. Um, it was my first time actively, like, you know, back to back with naked people playing outside games with them. Um, and it was so positive. It was so okay. fun. You got to tell yeah. me, how, how did that, how did that feel to you? I felt like a kid again. And hmm. after coming, cause I work in corporate world after, you know, focusing so hard on my career for a few years, being able to feel like I was a kid again with other adults was wild. I hadn't felt that ever as, you know, as an adult now. Mm-hmm. So it was wow. really nice. And uh, have you have you ever done a nudist club, like sort of the more standard nudist or naturist clubs? Not not before CYNA. Um, the clubs the clubs here are restrictive um, in terms of they have a member validation process that is a little either stringent or the requirements are a little outdated. Mm. Um, and so I had tried, I had attempted, but, um, I just did not feel comfortable with those groups after I had started the application process with them. Do you mind telling me about, you know, in what ways were they restricted in what ways, I guess, did they make you feel like this wasn't yet you weren't welcome that you, that this wasn't for you? Yeah. Um, so, uh, a lot of the clubs and some of the resorts that, um, I've interacted with, they have, and I understand why they have these policies. I, 
they're just a little deterring for me. They have a single mail policy. Um, and so the single mail policy, from what I've experienced, is very restrictive. So they set a cap of either their membership, of the resort, of how many single males can be there. I fully understand um, why they're doing that. But to me, it makes me feel like they're there's not going to be other people there to talk to. It feels like it's really made for couples. It's not made for people trying to explore on their own and meet other, meet other nudists and naturists. Yeah. It, it just feels like there it's a couple's resort rather than mm. a nudist resort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was no other sort of non-landed club around that area. And so that, that you all started one, uh, you plugged into that one. Uh, what do you think makes, um, CYNA different? Our focus on inclusion. Um, the majority of our membership uh, are of the LGBTQ population. We also mm-hmm. have a, in comparison to other nudist groups, we have a higher amount of people of color in our group. Um, we, the, the, the leadership of the CYNA group, we're all, I think, all of us except two people are LGBTQ. Yep. Um, so we're all very focused on that inclusion piece. Um, we don't, when someone tells us about one of the experiences that they're having in their personal life. So for example, if uh, they're having hardships with one of their partners or they have faced homelessness because of their identities or their their gender identities or sexual orientations, that's not something that we gatekeep or that's not something that you know, we shame them for, we make them feel like they can't talk about because often nudism is a great way to help heal trauma. Um, And so we really encourage people to just share their stories and feel connected. If they can't feel connected at home, we want them to feel connected here with us. I mean, that's why we take our clothes off so we can really be connected. And and more authentically who we are. Yes. Um, You know, um, (laughs) I just keep coming back to this, this quote from RuPaul, you know, know, she said, uh, we are all born naked. Everything else is drag, right? Yep. Um, no matter what it is. And so, so it's re- this real focus on, on inclusion in, in all the senses. And, um, it, I, I would, I would imagine probably your experience with clubs and resorts isn't unique, right? In that, that, you know, probably others have encountered that. I mean, it certainly, uh, I have friends who, who have also felt that way when they would approach a club um, and uh, and feel like the policies and and the overall vibe is is not one of inclusion, but um, one where you don't necessarily feel welcome. Yeah, um, I, I think another way, and this may be just be due to us being a, a young people focused uh, group, we don't define membership by having you attend an event. Um, we define membership about of you agreeing to our policies, agreeing to our rules, hold, uh, and also agreeing that we will hold you accountable if you break any of our rules or policies. Hmm. Um, but you just have to, you know, request to be part of our group. We verify you based on either your social media profile or some of the information you give us if you're coming from a non-social platform. And so we're able to operate in a hybrid method that I think a lot of clubs don't know how to operate in. But since the majority of us are younger, we've been part of online groups the majority of our lives. And so having, you know, over 300 members um, 
on hybrid and then, you know, some on hybrid, some fully online or even some fully in person, it's not that, you know, revolutionary to us or hard for us to manage. And so we're able to manage such an expansive community because we don't put barriers to entry. Mm. We just, we just let you ask to be a part of our group and agree to, you know, our terms and conditions. Where do you see CYNA going from here? That's a great question. Uh, we we now have monthly meetings to talk about CYNA and where we're going. Um, so uh, as I mentioned earlier, we started out as Charlotte Young Naturalist Association. We are now Carolina's Young Naturalist Association. That is because our membership has grown so exponentially. We now have people in both North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Tennessee, and Georgia that are a part of our group. Oh, wow. So the greater kind of Southern region yeah, the majority of our memberships does reside in the Carolinas, but um, we wanted to be a little bit more expansive rather than one city. Um, wow. And so we're trying to grow and we're trying to make sure that we're managing the online side of that. So now we have a uh, uh, a membership or we have a leadership person who fully manages our online communities for us. They post content. They give our uh, members challenges every week. Uh, they talk about games and other events that are happening um, throughout all of our members who may be hosting games or events. We have a, now a dedicated website with a blog <laughs> where people can come find us and you know see our yoga because we do consistent weekly nude yoga. Is it on, online so you can kind of do it at home, or is it is it only only in person? So it's currently it's currently only offered in Charlotte, okay. but we are wanting to adapt it to be you know again more inclusive. Um, so that is something that we're currently discussing, um, and I think we have plans for next year to really open it up uh, because we actually have a few uh, yoga instructors that are already part of our group. So wow. we have a lot of people and a lot of resources. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, does it cost anything to join? To join our group? No. Okay. Uh, for the for the yoga, uh, it does. It's just to maintain the event space to make sure that we're paying for it. Like any other yoga class. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, we've talked about this. This is something we've talked about. And every time we talk about, you know, make, you know, uh, every time we talk about maybe institutionalizing membership dues, we all come to the same point. That sounds really uninclusive. That sounds mm -hmm. like we're we're gatekeeping again. Um, so our member, our leadership um, has funded our website. So we all use our own personal money to pay for the website, to pay for its development, everything like that. Um, for a lot of our events, we we do ask for some sort of payment, but we often say pay what you can, or we make the cost very small. So one of the events I recently hosted, which was our uh, summer finale camping trip. It was in the Uwari National Forest. It was amazing. I loved it. Um, we only asked $35 per person. Um, and so that paid for your food. It paid for you to be there um, and all the activities that we done while we were there. Um, and so that's, that's pretty low cost to entry for a big trip like that over the whole weekend. Um, so we were really excited to be able to host that. So is it a club or is it a mission? <laughs> That's a great question. I I want to say it's a club because a club sounds more like a community, whereas yeah. a mission sounds like 
a project. And so, yeah, if it, it, we for sure have a mission, but I would say that we're much more of a community now. We have yeah. over 300 people with a large we have over 300 people who engage with us consistently, either on a Facebook, in person, or personal chats, or through our Discord. Um, we have lots of engagement. And so it feels just more like a community than I would say a mission. What has this meant to you personally? It's meant a great deal. I have been able to, you know, throw off my corporate uh, clothes and you know, drive either just a few minutes away or 30 minutes away, and I'm able to feel free. I don't carry the weight that I do when I'm usually at work, you know, making all these uh, large decisions, budgetary decisions, things like that. And so I'm able to let go. And I didn't have that before. And I think it led to me burning out pretty early in my career because of that. I didn't have that, but now I have it. And so whenever I do go away for vacation or for weekends, I come back feeling way more refreshed. And it's because of this group. And I would imagine you've developed some pretty deep relationships here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm friends with everyone on the leadership team. I've I've met people I never would have had the opportunity to meet. I've met models, like like actual like runway models, uh -huh. which I think is wild. Um, there's politicians. I've met politicians now through the group. Um, there's just so many people you would never think would care about, you know, wanting to go be naked somewhere for the weekend or be naked somewhere for the night. And they're like, yeah, this is how I feel better. This is how I can go to work the next day or, you know, come home to a house full of children uh, after this. This makes it feel so much better. How do you think clubs like CYNA play into the future of nudism and naturism? Oh, you're asking the hard questions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it offers one of the easiest first steps for a lot of people in their uh, nudist journey. Okay. Um, we don't require dues. Like I said, we, we consistently have that discussion and we always end up in the same place that we want to try to be as inclusive as possible. Um, we really try to focus on the younger aspect or the younger crowd of nudism. And so really people who are, you know, just starting out. Um, and so I think, I think that's, that's where we are in someone's nudist journey. We're at, we're at the very beginning and we help them, you know, experience it, experience some of the adventures that they may not get to experience uh, once, uh, you know, either once they move or once, you know, they leave our age group. <laughs> you know, uh, for those of us who, you know, look at this sort of thing and look at the, the trajectory of nud the nudism and naturism movement, um, you know, we look at clubs and we wonder if that, you know, is that the future or is this the future? And I, I have to say, you know, when I hear you talk, um, I, I kind of have to lean into, you know, clubs like CYNA as being sort of the future of nudism and certainly an entry point, right? The the way that people are going to, you know, give it a try for the first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would I would have to agree with you. I mean a lot of people don't have the financial resources to go to a resort or the financial resources that travel outside of North Carolina or even South Carolina to go to a nude beach. Um, and so we offer an online community 
where you can come, be a part of it, share your first experiences with nudism, or uh, begin planning your first experience with nudism. And so I fully agree with you on that point. I, I, I think very much so we're always, our goal is to always be part of the first steps you take in your nudist journey. And do people come from other, they, they not just are members, but do they come from other states for your events? We have people who come from other countries. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so given the diversity of our group, we actually have a few people who host uh, expats from other countries. Um, and so uh, we've had quite a few Europeans. They 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 love us. They're like, finally, somewhere I can be naked here in America. Um, <laughs> we've had uh, Canadians um, and I think we've had a few uh, Southern Americans. Uh, so, you know, from South America, yeah. uh, they visited us as well. Wow. Um, you are clearly doing something right. Mm. Um, you know, given, given the membership numbers, given how people are coming from all over the world to be part of this. And, uh, it, I have to say, Scott, it, it, it gives me hope, um, (laughs) for, for this movement. Um, so thank you for what you're doing. And, uh, you know, I think you are, and, and clubs, you know, you and the other people who, who do what you do uh, are really going to be the future of this. And um, it might look a little different than it does today, uh, the face of nudism. But, um, boy, it sounds like you are, are the future of nudism and naturism. So thank you. Um, yeah. We'll have a link to uh, the CYNA website and Facebook group on the, uh, in the show notes. Um, any last thoughts, Scott? Oh God. Oh God. This is, I feel like I'm leaving a legacy here or something <laughs> for, for our group. Um, I, I guess for any other young, young people who may be listening to this podcast because they searched for, you know, young yeah. naturists or something like that. It's going to be really scary at first. You're going to be afraid to take off your swim trunks, your shorts, your shirt, your bra, um, or any undergarments that you may have on. But once you do it, Give it about 10 minutes and it's going to feel amazing. So yeah, just do it. Just take off your clothes. It's going to be great. <laughs> wow. That's great advice. Scott, thank you so much. Um, and again, thanks for all you do. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Hey, Evan Nix, how's it going? I'm doing well, Scott. How are you doing? You know, uh, not too bad, not too bad at all. Um, you know, last weekend I was in Mexico and sadly did not get any nudie time and <laughs> I wanted to so bad, but it just didn't happen. So kind of really craving it. And you and Sorry I, to hear that. I know you and I keep missing our dates to go. Um, last one was me, uh, to go nudie hiking. So I am still very determined to do that. Um, and we have to get our calendars together and make that happen. Yeah, it's going to have to happen eventually because if it doesn't, well, I don't know what will happen. Probably I nothing. Think we, but we lose credibility on this show. I think. We, I think so too. So, sure I have. I have to say, and I'd like to talk about some of the things that you've covered on in the newsletter. But first, I, I'm hearing this noise in the background, and um, I've got. A, I'm kind of curious what, what what's yeah. going on there. Oh, I've I've got a film scanner running. I'm scanning a 
film, a, a, a 1941 eight millimeter nudist film from Rock Lodge that I found on eBay. No you know, way. Kind of an archivist type. <laughs> Didn't know you could hear that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's no, no, that's totally cool. Uh, seriously, a, a film from 1941. Yeah, it popped up on eBay and it said nudists at Rock Lodge. And, you know, I just did a, a Naked Age episode on Rock Lodge. I happened yeah. to uh, volunteer for the Western Nudist Research Library. And I, I happened to have a film, 8mm film scanner. Not many people do. <laughs> just lying around. <laughs> just lying around. I've used it to scan uh, dozens of films for the library. So uh, I had to I had to spring for this, uh, this special find. And that's what I'm doing now. No, I think that is super cool. <laughs> and of course, it's something you would do. Um, yeah. I, I, dude, that's so cool. <laughs> I have been so into the Planet Nude posts that you've been doing recently. Um, you're covering so many interesting topics and in, in, in a way that I think nobody else is. And um, I, I think anybody looking for how they can put their finger on the pulse of what are the hottest issues in nudism right now and naturism, um, I, I think that that's where they go, because you're you're just covering these things, but not at a, just a surface level. You're going, you know, you're going really deep. And I just wanted to say I really appreciate what you're doing there. And oh, um, thank you, that's very nice. Yeah, it's it's been a it, you know it's it's definitely taken this uh, shape that I'm very proud of. You know, we sort of like set out to kind of uh, just influence the dialogue around nudism online. You know. Um, yeah on social media and whatnot in, in a, in a new way and try to just, um, make the discussion a little more nuanced, a little more intelligent to look at it from a different angle. And, uh, I'm happy to say, I see that, uh, having an effect on social media and in the, the sorts of, uh, issues people are talking about with regards to nudism and its adjacent qualities, right? Body mm -hmm. freedom and, uh, and expression and, and, activism and all of these things that nudity is a sort of tangential part of and, and related to nudism in so many ways. So it's cool to see how that's uh, how people have come, come around to that and, and, uh, and the community that's starting to be built around that newsletter. It's really fun. There have been so many interesting topics you've covered uh, recently. One of them obviously is social media accounts for nudism and naturism, uh, you know, organizations of people and, um, it's so many have gotten banned, including you. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this is an ever current uh, discussion because more people it just keeps, you know, like uh, recently it was Bear Oaks Naturist Park Twitter account was banned from Twitter. And, um, you know, that's one that is a very extremely innocuous uh, sure. account. You know, so it's literally a family business. Um, they, they rarely, if you know, ever post things like photos and whatnot, but, um, yeah, it's, it just seems almost like a targeting of nudist accounts, or at least it's hard not to, to feel that way. And certainly people have expressed that sentiment, uh, on nudist Twitter or whatever you'd want to call it. Um, it, it's, uh, it, it seems pervasive. Mm. Uh, what, where, what do we do about it? Um, is there anything we can do about it? You know, there's very little we can do about it because uh, these companies, whether they're privately owned or publicly traded, uh, essentially have the ability to set their own rules. That's their ecosphere. It's, you know, it's uh, it's not something that, that we have a lot of influence on. I mean, certainly you could attempt to lobby those companies 
you know, people have, have protested. In fact, there's a uh, naked protest planned outside of the Twitter office in San Francisco, I believe uh, that's upcoming. Um, uh, yeah, that where, uh, where protesters are, are sort of attempting to protest these, these uh, policies. Um, but, you know, uh, outside of, of making a, a little bit of a stink, there's very little recourse that, that the plebeians <laughs> have accounts yeah. can do because, you know, in the case of, of a lot of these social media accounts like Twitter, you know, we, we're not the, we're the product. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, you know, there's, there's, there's not a lot that, that we have in terms of recourse. I, I think it's inevitable that, um, you know, these spaces are going to change like, Twitter is constantly going through this flux and nudists need a place to find one another online and they need a place to gather. So I, I don't think that uh, need is going to go away. And I'm sure mm -hmm. that it's going to jump from site to site potentially as they evolve and their policies change. You know, Tumblr a few years ago famously uh, yes. uh, banned nudity on their platform and there was a mass exodus. And just very recently, actually, within the last year, they they reversed that policy and now they allow nudity again. And as just as Twitter is, you know, sort of a sinking ship, so people have made the yeah. jump back to Tumblr. And of course, now, you know, there's new uh, new platforms popping up like uh, Blue Sky and Jack mm -hmm. Jack's new project. And uh, you know, of course, there's there's a myriad of others, but. I don't know, you know, uh, I, I think nudists need community. And, and when you look at historically uh, at the nudism movement, it, it was things like newsletters and magazines uh, mm -hmm. around which nudists would organize. They, they literally were referred to as the organs for the organizations mm -hmm. <laughs> because people would organize around them and it was how they broadcast, you know, and communicated with one another. So. Um, so I, I, in a way, you know, I see things like Planet Nude as having the potential to to become a place for community in that way. Yeah. Uh, and, and that this sort of new era of um, that, that Substack is, is largely leading in the sense of like, um, you know, uh, controlling your own followers, controlling your own fans um, mm -hmm. or not controlling them, but uh, having your own access to them. You know, I had 20 yeah. plus thousand followers on uh, the Naturist Vintage Twitter account when it was pulled. Wow. And suddenly I lose all access to those people who wanted to follow me for what I had to say and what I was putting out there. Um, with uh, with uh, what Substack is doing, you know, you have a direct relationship with those fans. They are your fans. That's an email list that you collect. So if Substack were to decide for whatever reason that the content of my blog is in, in line with their uh terms which i believe it is i've read their terms closely i'm sure you uh, have. they they could decide that you know they don't want me on their platform anymore and and uh suspend my account the way twitter did and uh and i would still have access to those emails i can i can have them preserved in my own backup my own list and i can mm. then go to another platform and say hey i'm moving over here or whatever you know so i think there's a serious uh, th that's a serious thing if you're if you're looking to communicate with others and organize people and uh, and build a sort of coalition, which is not necessarily what I'm trying to do, but just something that uh, you know for for nudists and for an organized sort of group or people, you know, it's I think that's an important aspect to it. You know, all mm -hmm. of the organizations talk about the importance of of being on Twitter, uh, but. <laughs> you know, the, the coalition building aspect of these organizations is, I feel like, uh, 
you know, it's been sort of set aside for member marketing. And, and I don't know, this is a whole other. Versus advocacy. Right, right. Yeah, and, 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 yeah. and building a, a coalition to, to, you know, to consider nudism as a, as a larger movement, a social movement, something that needs, you know, lobbying for, for people's rights and, you know, which is uh, representing it as a, as a larger sort of social movement rather than a, a syndicate of businesses. Yeah. We, you mentioned people's rights, and uh, that did also make me think about Florida. Yeah. Um, you mean uh, with regards to the Planet New, the recent article? Yes. Yeah. 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 Why don't you talk about that? Uh, sure. Well, yeah. So we, we wrote an article. We wrote a couple of articles recently um, about Florida and the sort of culture wars that are going on in yeah. Florida that are led largely by their governor, who's kind of uh sort of become a a figurehead in this culture war right mm -hmm. um and uh there have been a number of concerning things in florida which is sort of like ground zero for american nudism in many ways uh with not just their current legislative session where they're um considering certain bills which nudist organizations are keeping an eye on and um which the lobbyists they employ are even attempting to sort of tweak the language in. These bills don't target nudists or nude beaches, to be clear. They're um, bills that are focused on other things. One is a, an anti-drag bill, which would restrict, uh, quote unquote, adult performance in certain arenas. And, and adult performance is categorized as any presentation which features nudity. So uh, uh -huh. th these are sorts of things that concern nudists or are adjacent to nudist interests, which their lobbyists are keeping an eye on. Um, so that's a cause for concern in the state and uh, in this legislative s session, which has been sort of very uh, open about um, pursuing uh, an agenda that is directly related to their governor's plans, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, then there's been, you know, uh, sort of uh, chatter and upheaval online where um, on Twitter, the uh, Krasenstein brothers, uh, Ed and Brian Krasenstein, who are independent journalists that have a massive Twitter following, um, started uh, sort of pointing at nude beaches as a line of attack against Ron DeSantis, suggesting that it's hypocritical for DeSantis and, and the Republicans in Florida to pursue banning drag shows and to turn a blind eye to nude beaches. Uh, oh, the the nice. implication being that nude beaches are unsafe for children um, and kind of cavalierly shoving nudism and, and nudists under the proverbial bus. Yeah. So they've got hundreds of thousands of followers and it's caused sort of a snowballing effect uh, uh, on Twitter where their followers are now, you know, uh, pointing out to Ron DeSantis and others and tagging him that uh, there are nude beaches and that that needs to be looked into before drag shows. And, you know, uh, you know, without staking any opinion on any of this, uh, suffice it to, to just say that, you know, targeting nude beaches is, is not going to help the drag shows in the, this culture war. And, and that obviously many, many people who attend nude beaches, first of all, many families, you know, find that nude beaches are perfectly safe. Statistically, there's no more chance of uh, violence or issues going on on a nude beach than there is on a textile beach. And not only that, but many of the people who frequent nude be beaches are also from the LGBTQ plus community. And yes. and s sort of trading one for the other and to score political points, is it's just icky all around and yeah. uh and certainly isn't winning the favor of nudists and that's kind of 
than what we've written about in uh, on Planet Nude. Although we did have um, an article that was contributed by Shirley Mason, who's the mother of Hallover Beach and who yeah, uh, yeah. is basically, you know, has her boots on the ground in Florida, nude beaches and, and understands these threats. And um, and the article that she wrote actually tipped off an Axios report and and got, got a little bit of attention, which is just another sign to me that uh, our meager little uh, newsletter is actually having some modest influence. Wow, that's fantastic. And, and attention in a good way, right? They, they told, you know, they presented nudism in an, I would say, neutral or at least not okay. <laughs> uh, particularly bad or biased light uh, and and painted the issue in a very real way, which I think substantiated the work that we've been doing uh, to investigate this issue, you know, uh, at Planet Nude and report on it and also um, just gave it a little bit more yeah validity. Got it. Got it. If if people are listening now um, who might be in Florida, is there anything that they can do? I think the most important thing you can do, whether you're in Florida or not, is uh, seek out the organizations which actually retain lobbyists and are on the ground in in Florida and elsewhere in your locality. Yeah. Supporting the organizations is really the most important thing in this scenario, I think. Uh, if you're looking specifically at Florida, you'd want to look to support Anner Florida, yep. the Beaches Foundation in Florida, get involved with South Florida Free Beaches, uh, which is a more politically involved organization. And, um, you know, like uh, pay attention to what's going on in the world around you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, because it, it matters um, that, that they hear from those of us who are uh, promoting this way of life and uh, they hear the truth about what it is versus the way that some people might portray it for its political expediency, right? Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think um, nudists have a tendency to feel fairly insulated from the real world because when we go and practice this sort of thing, we tend to escape the real world to do it. Yeah. And, and the fact of the matter is um, the threat is not political or partisan. It comes from both from all sides. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people discredit uh, the sort of, uh, you know, drum beating uh, about what's going on in Florida as being uh, partisan or being, you know, uh, disliking Ron DeSantis or the Republican leadership there. But I really don't see it that way. You know, I think there are threats on both sides. And, uh, and in, in this particular case, it would be foolhardy to assume that this culture war doesn't have the potential to uh, to affect nudism, <laughs> especially yeah. uh, in a state where it's so prominent. You know, nudism is is like a four million uh, attra- attracts four million people just to haul over beach alone in, in Florida every year um, from around the world. It's a it's a you know billion dollar industry, nude tourism. So, um, you know, it would be it would be foolish to assume that it's not on Republicans radar or that it doesn't have the potential to become targeted, not just by political actors, but by influencers online, people who have a tremendous amount of influence and and feel like this is something that uh, that is is a target or is wrong or or for whatever reason, misunderstands what family nudism is and assumes that something far more nefarious is going on on new beaches and wants to make a big deal about it to their you know, six and seven figure count followers. For sure. For sure. Wow. Um, what else 
are you getting a lot of feedback on on, on planet? I mean, I mean, there's just so much you cover, but what, what are some of the other things that are that are people are talking about? You know, one story that that occurred now uh, about a month ago was uh, that was just all over the internet, not just in uh, nudist circles, but in like popular culture was this whole um, Michelangelo's David controversy. Did, uh, did you yes. hear about that? <laughs> oh, yes. I think everybody did. Yeah. So like that that all started after a, a school in Florida. Um, no way. Yeah. A private school. Uh, a, a principal there was asked to resign after uh, not following proper procedure uh, in advance of showing students, uh, you know, this very famous uh, penis. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the one belonging to, to Michelangelo's David. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, she didn't show them the penis, to be clear. She showed them the statue and they, yeah. they saw the penis. Um, and it wasn't really as it turned out, although the, the media just ran with this and sensationalized it, it wasn't actually uh, a case of censorship over the penis or people weren't particularly upset over the penis. One parent was quoted as calling it pornographic, which is to be expected in a Christian uh, private school, I would think. Sure, um, sure. But by and large, you know, nobody was really particularly offended by the art. What what it apparently was a matter of actually was the 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 procedure. You know, this is more actually mm. related to the whole uh, also controversial topic of parent led curriculum, where the parents uh, in this particular private school demand a certain amount of uh, input in the curriculum, and there's a certain procedure before going you know showing works of art. Of this manner and that wasn't followed according to the administrator of the school the supervisor who spoke with the media that i read and um and so the the principal was asked to leave for a number of reasons related to that but um but the the it was too late you know it didn't matter that that wasn't exactly the story the headlines about parents calling the statue of david pornographic uh you know just the the media ran with that it was a global story for some reason with the um the mayor of Florence, Italy, even invited this ousted principal to uh, visit an all-expenses-paid trip to, to Florence to visit the statue, <laughs> which well, is well clearly, a, yeah, clearly uh, sort of like trying to alley-oop on the media around it for himself, obviously. Of course. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so so it, it was kind of a nothing burger story that just got blown up into a, into a, this massive reaction but a lot of it i i've actually found heartening in the sense that the reaction uh was was more one of how absurd to be upset over nudity it wasn't a, a shock and controversy around the nudity itself to me that that is a positive thing in a sense in the sense that people thought it was so silly that uh, that it became a you know a sort of story where we're all laughing at those conservative parents. <laughs> I don't know yeah, if that's exactly. necessarily what we all want to be doing, but that's how it felt. We, uh, you know, to, to imagine one of those conservative parents who was like, well, I, I don't have a problem with this statue, and they read in the newspaper that everybody's dunking on them. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, th I found that very interesting because just a few weeks later, there was this other controversy that bubbled up around um, the the show Naked Education. Have you heard about that? Tell me about that. So Naked Education is a television show on the uh, on Channel 4. It's a UK uh, you know, network. So it's called Naked Education. And the premise of the show is it teaches uh, body diversity and uh, body positivity to teenage age children through exposure to nudity. So they literally sit um, some teenagers in a room who have questions and a lot of ignorance around sex education. And they have uh, 
volunteers, people, uh, you know, contestants, I don't know what you'd call them, who, who yeah. may be suffering from their own body image issues. Uh, and there's a mutual experience. They, they have a, a sort of nude experience and these students are exposed to it with educators and, and they are able to ask questions and talk openly about it. Um, I've watched the show on YouTube and by all accounts, it's relatively benign. It sounds somewhat uh, sensationalized because like all these things, it's on television and they're selling advertisements. And that's of how course. they do that yeah, these yeah. days. Yeah, um, yeah. But the show caused just an uproar in the UK with thousands of complaints to Ofcom, which is the federal uh, communications regulator there. And, uh, and, and there was just like a torrent of just frothing at the mouth anger over uh, over this grooming behavior uh, yes. <laughs> uh, with children and and the so, grooming word yeah 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 and so and so it's become a very very controversial thing that's been discussed uh, all over the place and I find it interesting that this uh, you know controversy occurred just a few weeks after the other one and now it seems like uh, the the you know <laughs> overwhelming sentiment is in line with one of shock and awe over nudity mm. like those florida parents you know it's it's you know not to relate them they're not actually related at all but to me i, I couldn't help but, but find some juxtaposition there is the show still on oh yeah absolutely they're still doing uh episodes um for the time being it doesn't seem to be going anywhere but uh but if you if you search it on Twitter and look at the comments, you know, you'll see, of course, a mix of reactions. And that's true uh, in the media. There have been a lot of uh, media outlets writing about the controversy. And and it seems like a, a pretty even mix of people who support it and people who, you know, are sort of blindly against it. But um, it, it's interesting how divisive just the idea of nudity and children is. Yeah, <laughs> These are really children, they're teenage age children, they're, you know, uh, they've, they've had a little bit of life experience enough that, uh, you know, they're not young kids or anything like that, but. It, and likely something that they have seen before. Yeah. Yeah. At least uh, probably not in a, in a healthy way. You know, they've probably seen yeah, it doing exactly. searches and have seen uh, exaggerated and augmented uh, cartoon versions of, of, of the human body. So uh, to me, I think just the act of uh, being open and, and, taking an educational approach to it is positive. You know, I would actually like to see a show like this on, on the air in America, though I suspect you never would. Yeah, yeah, I suspect you never would too. But Though I, they'd have no qualms about turning it into a dating show or a romantic uh, hookup show. <laughs> they'd go far further with it in America as yeah. long as they can sexualize it and sell ads on it. Yeah, it does seem to be uh, what, we t what we do to stuff like that. So... Um, yeah, well, I guess something to watch and kind of see how this plays out. Um, I think you and I both are, you know, agree that, you know, nakedness is normal and nudity is normal and it doesn't have to be the airbrushed, um, exaggerated, as you say, cartoonish version uh, that they were likely to encounter in Internet searches. And so um, I think I think it's wonderful that they're doing that show you know, I don't. I haven't watched it, so I don't know what the tone is like. But the idea of it, um, at least, uh, makes sense to me. And I would love. To, and I think that isn't there also. It seems like I saw something about there being a show like this in Sweden or something like that. 
They're probably is the the Swedes are very open to this kind of thing too. Although <laughs> it, I don't, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, it seems like I think that there's something like that. Um, which of course, yeah, the Swedes got to give it to them. Well, man, you, you are covering so many interesting topics, and I'm really glad that you're doing this. Um, and I'm Thank sure you, there's more to do, right? So um, never ending. <laughs> more to cover, uh, and you just keep fighting the good fight. Hey, you too, man. Thank you. Well, that's it for today's show. Thanks to Scott and the Carolina Young Naturist Association for joining us and for doing what they're doing to make naturism more inclusive in the Carolinas and beyond. And uh, Evan, uh, I'm going to put uh, the link to the Planet Nude uh, newsletter in the show notes, along with the Carolina Young Naturist Association, where you can find them. But uh, we'll have the the links there as well as I, I think you have some you have a Twitter um, Twitter there as well, right? Oh yeah, you want links? I got I want, links. I want links, and I then got you links, <laughs> and you can also check out Evan's podcast, Naked Age. Uh, which, uh, what's going on with that? Where are you in the next episode? Um, you know, about neck deep. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I've got a few episodes in the works. Uh, yeah, I I don't know how much you want me to go into it, but they're, I'll just say they're very exciting. Awesome. Historical journeys. Well, check out Naked Age. It's an amazing podcast and you'll find the link to that in the show notes as well. You will also... Find a link to where you can make a donation to help a nudist child attend the kids camp in Ohio this summer uh, through GoFundMe. It is well worth it. Um, I think in one of the recent bulletin magazines, you had an article by one of the kids who attended, um, kind of the voice of the kids who get to sh- get to come to this camp where maybe they wouldn't otherwise and what they learn and what that does for their sense of themselves and their part in this particular movement. So please, if you're thinking about it, go check out the link, make a donation to help a kid attend Kids Camp this summer. Uh, Please subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on, wherever you get your podcast. We have more new episodes to come. And please do reach out and let me know what you think of the show. Uh, If you're relatively new to to nudism and are willing to share your story on this podcast, I want to hear from you. um, And I love it when I do. So uh, reach out, newnudistpodcast at gmail.com. Evan, I am going to close today with a quote from D.H. Lawrence. Oh, good one. Right? Nudity is a state of simplicity and transparency. A state of truth that requires nothing to be added or removed. There we have it. I love it. And he would know. (laughs) He would know. I'm Scott Klein. I'm Evan Nix. And we hope you have a great naked day. Yeah, I hope that. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect.